Welcome to the Big Fly Pod. Swung on a drill deep to right field. There it goes. See ya. First into the air. Oh. Drives one. Deep left field. That goes up to Back near the wall. It's out of here. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. Welcome to episode 50 of the Big Fly Pod with your co-host Vinny D'Amato and T. Lou, we have a very, very special guest today joining us. We have Sam Olber uh, from Lockdown Cubs. He is the co-host of the Lockdown Cubs podcast. Sam and his co-host Matt Cozy post episodes every weekday where they review all things Cubs from post-game recaps to off-season news like they are right now and much, much more. They become one of the top Cubs-based podcasts out there. And in my opinion the best in the game. You can listen to Lockdown Cubs on all your preferred podcasting platforms and can also watch them on YouTube. Please welcome to the Big Fly Pod, Sam Olber. Thank you for joining us, man. Hey, Ty, Vinny. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, excited to be on. I know we talked about this for a bit. I know, Ty, you graced us with uh, your presence, so uh, I'm returning the favor. I'm excited about it. Well, you and, and we truly appreciate that, man, because um, you know I've really, truly enjoyed turning you on to the radio every turning on your your voice and Matt's voice for the last golly year and a half almost yeah. two years and I know that uh it's been an incredible journey for you my friend and I and we really wanted to kind of open up the floor to to that and discussing sort of you know how did this all start yeah. and, and where did where did this end up going and uh would love for you to kind of open up about that yeah so <clears throat> So Matt and I were were personal friends for a while, and we we would get in person with each other and talk sports, and, and we felt like we had this this pretty solid chemistry. And Matt has a journalism background, so he he always was into podcasting. He he interned, he worked for the Score on six seventy, he worked for some minor league baseball teams. So he always kind of had the the in, and I was more kind of just the the voice and the comedy stuff and the analytics and things like that. And so one day Matt and Matt had a, an old podcast called eavesdrop that he had me on. And, you know, we got really good feedback from that. And we we're like, we got to start something together. So we started something together called anything goes. That was, you know, a very small podcast did not have many listen listeners at, at all. And it was about all sports, but just everything. It was kind of like a, you know, anything goes was the title. That's what we talked about. And then Matt found out through through somebody that he knows that this locked on Cubs job had opened. And, you know, we talked a lot about the Cubs on anything goes. So we had a lot of samples to send them and demos to do it. And and we kind of reached out and said, we really want to fill this position. They listened to our show. They were into it. And that's that's really the background. Very cool. And yeah, I know that the in, in particular, you talk about Matt's journalism background. Obviously, yeah. him and I had the pleasure of meeting in person and him talking right. about how that led down the path to, mm -hmm. to what you guys are doing. And it's been mm -hmm. fantastic. And I think a, a good question to, to follow up there is just how has, you know, this everyday podcast, yeah. you're on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it these days, you're on it all the time. This is just nonstop rolling your brain. But how yeah. has that changed your perspective of baseball? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I always have been a fan first and as a fan, you know, you know, you guys know this, you, you react heart before head. 
Um, and when you react hard before head and you don't have a platform, it's really not a big deal. Um, now that I have this platform this year, especially because when we took over in 2022, the, but the season was already over. Like I was indifferent. I didn't care like in terms of like w wins and losses. So I was able to stay really even, but this year was the first year where like, I was literally watching the game would see a bad loss, come to a show. And it's changed my perspective of baseball because I I've really learned that I never could be a front office member. I never could be, even though I really feel like I know the game at that level, my emotions would never let it happen because I, I can't even like, I can't move off of the day to day. Like I, I get very upset. I get very happy as if you guys have listened to the show and I've just learned that that really, some people respect it. And, and I think actually everybody respects it. Some people like it and some people don't. And I think what I've learned is man, baseball is a real big marathon and this day, you know, day in, day out podcast can eat you alive if you let it be day in, day out, you know, but at the same time, you have a, an audience that you have to entertain. And as I always tell people that get mad at me, Hey, you're overreacting. Well, what do you want me to do? Come on the show for 30 minutes and go, Hey, it's just one game. No, Hey, it's just one game. I mean, you know, that, that I could do that every game until July. So just I, what I've learned, Ty, is just that, that, that balance between, not overreacting, but still trying to put together a good program. Yeah. And I, I know Vinny's going to ask a question here in just a sec, but I, I just want to kind of ask or just kind of talk about that for a sec, because, you know, you, you do mention that this really has been sort of an emotional journey mm -hmm. for you, probably in more in the sense of then, than just talking about Cubs and learning about Cubs and all those things. But it's, what's really cool is though, is that I feel like you've opened yourself up to people kind of knowing who you truly are. Sure, sure. And, and at the end of the day, man, people love honest people. They love to listen to those types of people. And especially when you have passion with it. Yeah. It's, it's the, the cool part of the show for me is it doesn't really change me that much. If I wasn't doing the show, I'd be doing the same thing with the same reactions, the same time, just on the phone with somebody. So like, to me, it's that, that that's why like the five days a week thing, people always say, man, isn't that a lot? Well, I'd be watching every game anyway. So, and I'd be reacting every game anyway. I've been doing it for 25 years. So, you know, to your point, that's the cool part is, you know, I'm not on the show acting, you know? Well, and Sam, like, that's part of why I love listening. I mean, if you listen to the Cubs on the radio, um, you know, Pat and Ron, you can hear the emotion in their voice. And that's just, you know, that's part of the reason why we love this game and why we love watching and why some people I know and, you know, totally separate kind of thing, but like, don't enjoy Boog, for example, right? Because sure. he's, he's very logical. He's very analytical. He's yeah. not a Chicago guy. And so Right. I appreciate it. I love the raw emotion. And sometimes you just, I'm sure, get on a podcast and rip. And maybe the next day you're like, yeah, maybe right. I shouldn't have said some of those things. But sometimes yeah. those are the best. Those are the best episodes. Right. And so, no, um, no it's 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 um, yeah, it's 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 to each his own. There's people yeah. out there like a lot of Cubs people, you know, a lot of Cubs Twitter. They love Boog. They love that yeah. that even keels thing. And I'm that's just not me, you know, so. You know, you just, you, you do the best you can. And, and one thing, you know, you guys probably already know this is it, it took about one week um, to realize that you're not going to please everybody. So don't even try. Don't even try. Yeah. I mean, if you've Absolutely. been on Twitter for five, yeah. 10 minutes, I think yeah. you could yeah. just, just, just be, your, be yourself and the people that respect it and like it, like it. And the people that don't, 
you know, there's plenty of other options. Yeah, absolutely. I was curious and, you know, we don't have to touch on this too long and don't give away the trade secrets, but how has touch on anything you want? Man. How has being a member of, cause obviously locked on is a, is a big network. Mm-hmm. How has that shifted your podcasting from when you guys were just kind of the small, you know, not many listeners to now you kind of have this platform to step up on. How has that changed you as a, as a podcaster and how has that transition been? Yeah. Um, it's a good question. I would say, to be honest, not much really hasn't changed. Uh, we really, we're doing the same. It, it's different. It's a bigger, it's a bigger audience. So I'm more censored, um, sure. on our, on our old show, I was a lot less censored, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, the, 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 the approach, the approach hasn't really changed, okay. uh, because that would feel disingenuous. I would just feel like, you know, we're, we're kind of that, you know, do what got you to the dance, you know? Right. So, um, we do the same stuff and, you know, it hasn't changed that much. I, 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 I enjoy it. I, I can't speak for Matt as much, but like, I, I enjoy the, you know, every, every now and then, you know, running into somebody or, you know, people, you know, going in on Twitter. I, cause I just like talking to people about this stuff because, you know, there's not that many people that are that into it until I've had this show and you see all of it. So uh, to answer the question though, not much hasn't changed. Yeah, what, Good. You had, so I'm guessing you, it, you probably, Remember or don't remember? It does. I guess it doesn't matter. But do you yeah. remember the moment that you met somebody that you had never met before, spoken mm-hmm. to, that mm-hmm. acknowledged your presence? What was that like? Funny. It was just funny because it's just you know it's happened and it's happened probably like I would say like a half dozen times. You know, maybe not not counting Wrigley because that's different because a lot of those people are going to listen there. Um, but it's happened yeah maybe like a half dozen times, and it's just funny because you could see to them like when i i went and surprised somebody for their for their birthday at wrigley uh over the summer and like (laughs) he saw me and like you know it would have been like my reaction if i saw like you know dansby swanson or somebody (laughs) like that and i just i just laugh at the guy i'm just like man like i am probably way less cool than you (laughs) you know like i am the most like you know nerdy kind of just regular most regular dude ever like you know, so it's just funny, funny and cool. Um, but just you just so laugh you do you do like, birthday invites. So if my birthday's coming up, you- <laughs> yeah, man. If if you want me at your birthday, but let me tell you, you don't. <laughs> you could do better. <laughs> you could do oh better. God. I I am I am literally just the guy that watches Cubs games and goes crazy and then talks about it. There's there's not much more to it than that. Well, it's been great watching you know your journey with the Cubs, but you know with. So for Vinny and I, we this is a MLB based podcast. Yeah, we discuss yeah. everything baseball related, but sure. we're both massive Cub fans. So right. our reward is that we are going to talk Cubs here in a little bit. But I did want to ask a few questions that are surrounding the MLB today that are applicable to the things that you guys have discussed on your show. Shoot. So one word that you use a lot in your episode is the word margin or margins, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Can you touch on what that truly means in reference to baseball and why you believe that is such a critical piece to a franchise's success? Yeah, things things that you can't um that aren't tangible that you can't calculate uh when it comes to winning baseball games. You know, that decision in the 7th inning to, you know, take out a pitcher, keep him in. Um that 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 decision where, you know, uh, this guy is hitting third right now. We just don't feel like he's a three hitter moving him down to five, six. Um, 
the 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 part where you look at a guy's numbers after a game and he goes you know two for four with five RBIs but those five five RBIs came in the ninth the, the eighth and the ninth off a position player versus you know the next day he goes oh for four with the game on the line delivering when it counts clutch stats just it, it, margins are just the little things that that the casual fan or or the the casual box score doesn't account for that helps you win a baseball game. Not to sound overly coachy, but just man on second, one out, get a good secondary lead, you end up on third in a tie game. That you're not going to see that if you didn't watch the game and you win that game by a run. And I just feel using the Cubs to an example under David Ross's eyes, the Cubs have been terrible uh, on the margins the last few years. And, and you know, a really good indicator of that is Pythagorean record. Um, if you go on the, you know, the baseball reference, they'll tell you what your record should be and what it is. And if your record's lower than that, you're likely not great on the margins. If your record's higher than that, like Craig Council's Milwaukee Brewers, you're likely pretty good on it. But the answer, Ty, really isn't anything specific. It's just a bunch of little things that don't have to do with hitting home runs and things like that that just that that just sway a baseball game just enough to give you that edge. Yeah, and we know that that's all it takes for so many baseball games. And you brought up the hiring of Craig Council. I mean, I think he's going to do a phenomenal job. And you need you some know, players, though, Vinny. He, yeah, you're absolutely right. I actually, can't do a good so, job. He can't do a good job if if us three are are hitting in the middle of the order. Well, yeah, I mean, if I'm hitting in the middle of the order, it's not it's not pretty. Um, but uh, you, you I did. Well. Um, he is a lefty, I, by the way. He, he and you did reference in your show bat. today. We did the lefty, lefty bat. bat so you mentioned. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, 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 if 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 you're the lefty bat, you can come take my show over, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> so let's we got let's big talk. problems if you're the lefty bat. <laughs> Let's talk. Let's let's talk another thing in baseball today, which I in, in I believe correlates directly to margins because it's understanding how the game now has completely changed with the new rules. Yeah, right, and all those different things. What new rules have you enjoyed seeing mm -hmm. in today's game of baseball that have been implemented over the last couple of years versus ones that you actually have not enjoyed? I think the pitch clock worked out fine. I, I'm very old school when it comes to that stuff because I love legacies. Like that's my favorite part about sports. The whole reason I love basketball is because of legacies. Like I love talking about you know, Jordan or LeBron. I like, I love that stuff. And so I hate rule changes because it impacts legacies because you just never could tell. Well, yeah, Babe Ruth hit 60 plus home runs, but he would face the same pitcher four times every day. Whereas in today's age, Otani faces four different pitchers every time up. So I don't love getting away from what makes the game great. But I, I think I think the rule change made sense. I, I, I like the pitch clock stuff. I don't love it, but I, I liked it. Um, I, I think it ended up being okay. I think the bigger bases with the stolen bases were okay. I like the um, the two pickoff rule was fine. I don't. I'm trying to think if there's anything I really, I I really like. You know, having a lefty come in and he can't just face one batter. Um, you know, I I, I don't. I, I wouldn't say I, I despise any of them unless I'm just you know I'm just thinking on my on my feet here. But I think they're all okay. I'm not really overly passionate one way or another because I'm fine with watching a four and a half hour baseball game. I love baseball, but people that don't. You know, it was it was a little bit cleaner. I was going to say, in reference to you talk about the time span that has now shrunk immensely, 
right? And people are saying when they go to games, oh, how nice it is to get out of there in two and a half hours. And and let's be honest, there are some people that maybe that's what they're looking for. But like you touched on, there is still what grew. What well, go really to a movie. Baseball. Go to a movie Thanks. then. Yeah, exactly. And baseball has always had what it has and has always been a quality product. Now, we'll see how these shortened games and other things help. But now we're starting to see maybe injuries correlated to these pitch clock rules and other things. It'll be interesting. You know what I don't like? The Ghost Runner. An extra I hate the Ghost Runner. I hate yeah. it. It is the strangest so thing. much. I really don't like... Just because a game's tied, you know, we just throw random guys at second with no outs now. I don't like that one now that I remember, now that I've, you know, got my mind there. Like hockey, for example, that like a lot of fans, they don't like the shootout, for example, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I kind of think about, like, other sports. Like PKs don't, and soccer. Yeah. Yeah, people don't want to see these. Like the Greatest sports moment of my life. Game. Greatest sports moment of my life, not, not uh, regarding the Cubs, came down to penalty kicks. I, I almost almost had a heart attack. <laughs> Were you the it's, goalie it, or the or the, or the shooter? Wait, no, I was I was rooting for Argentina. Argentina that's in the World Cup. I was going to yeah, say, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Well, I guess that kind of translates to our next question. If we're talking international, Argentina is. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, we got We got <laughs> We got We got to talk that. about this rich two way uh, uh, player. Uh, it is. I mean, he's only making a, two million a year. What are you talking? Yeah, about? it's only he's two million a year. Yeah, please, no. Please <laughs> I mean, spare me. You, you talk about it, right, Sam? You, you guys. You know, I, I know it's just been crazy. Even you brought it up today that you said, like, "Hey, we weren't going to talk about it if we knew it was going to be seven hundred million dollars, right?" And and we appreciate that as fans, but it's all it's also very interesting to talk about. You just never know with these deals and everything. Yeah. And now that I look yeah. back at it, I'm like. Wait a minute. So if if if, if he's willing to do all this, he was going to go to L.A. at the beginning, right? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So reference to this being the right thing for baseball, the best thing for baseball, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. what do you see this? Because it is so fascinating. We've had deferrals in baseball for a long time. This is not right. a new thing, but that much. Wh- this is, I mean. I would love to just hear your feedback on it because it is my, just absolutely crazy. My feedback is I, I have the exact same takeaway you did. My, my, my takeaway is, with all due respect to him, I don't care how much he's deferring. He's still going to get his money at some point, man. Um, he'll be fine. Like, like I got this buddy of mine in my group that's a diehard Shoei fan. He's like, wow, like, so courageous and courteous of Otani. It's like, yeah, man, he's going to get his $700 million and he went to the best team. Boo-hoo. Um, I... I think you wanted to go there the whole time. That is that is what I think. That's my takeaway. Is it good for the game? Probably. Like at the end of the day, it's still probably better for the game that he's there instead of Toronto. I don't think it's better if he went than the Cubs. I think the Cubs would have been perfect because the Cubs had every check mark you want. You know, not to I, I hate I do this all the time on the show because I'm such a also a diehard basketball fan and they're so different. So I hate using the Durant to the Warriors thing because it's not that, but there is an element, a smaller element of, you know, you went to the best team and you now know, you know, for sure they're going to win a hundred games and they would win a hundred games with or without you. There is an element of that. Whereas if he came to the Cubs, 
He has the big market, just like he does in L.A. They're a much more passionate fan base. And you would have been the reason why you won 95 games. You would have been the reason why you won a division. So, you know, from my perspective, I'm not thrilled about it, but that's in the moment. And my guess is at, at 9, 9, 10 Central Time on opening night, whoever they play, I actually think they host is it St. Louis. I think they play somebody that, that's important on opening night. Um, whatever it is, yes. I know their first. Yeah. I know their first road games here. Um, but whatever it is, I'll be tuning. I'll be tuning in, and if I'm tuning in, baseball is winning. So my guess is long term, it'll be a win for baseball. But I don't love the negotiation process. I, I talked about on today's show how awful the media was. There definitely were some losses overall, but I think you know five ten years from now, baseball will be happy with the decision. I won't be. And it's, you know, maybe it'll add a little bit more of an element of, you know, we saw, and you mentioned it today, the Diamondbacks have to go through LA. They went through LA as an 84 win team. Now maybe, you know, you have the Colorado Rockies with an 84 win team, you know, that, that somehow nothing, go through LA. Nothing's changed really. That's the funny part. I mean, everyone knows you had to go through LA and Atlanta and maybe Philly. And, and you know, yeah. Crazy. I mean, now that they're even more of a juggernaut, Maybe they have a lot more pressure on him. Maybe, you know, anything could happen in a five game series. Yeah. In a five game series. Kershaw goes out, gives up eight runs before he gets an out. You're down 1 0. People start talking. You know, then you got to run into, you know, Aaron Nola or somebody good that deals. You blink, it's 2 0. You know, it's baseball, right? They could win 130 games and lose three out of five. That's how it goes. Yeah. It's the beautiful game, man. Let's talk about, you know, so this is our Vinny and I's uh, early Christmas present on our show because we don't get to talk specifically Cubs. Uh, yeah. So we're we, we are excited to do this with you. And well, you're uh, going to find a, you're going to find a lump of coal in your stocking. <laughs> Not much to talk Cal- about. Uh, I, there There isn't. But, you know, let's l- let's look back at a couple of things. Can we Council, sign anybody? We'll see. I don't know. I have anybody opened up X during this. Is uh, there a reliever? Not even a reliever. No, no, it's not a deer. <laughs> Maybe like a new drink or something yeah. at the ballpark. That'd be yes, cool. Like, yeah. Let's let's talk about what you referenced on your show today. You referenced realistic moves that the Cubs could make in order to mm-hmm. be uh, probably in a very good position to to win the division. So right. let's do this. Let's say theoretically the Cubs mm-hmm. make all the moves that you discussed here today. What do you see as a successful year versus an unsuccessful year for the Cubs if those moves do happen and they do put the right product uh, around Craig Council? If they don't make the playoffs, it's going to be hard to explain. They 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 need to make the postseason next year. They, they should have made it last year with a with a a very overrated manager, in my opinion. And you know you you want to take step forward steps forward. The fan base. I'm much more confident in Jed Hoyer long-term than most of the fan base is. Um, And and the fan base has the right to want to see results on the field. And if you're just, if you're improving, you should make the postseason next year. I personally think they should win the division, but that depends on, you know, you never know if Goldschmidt or Arnado or somebody just goes crazy and they could be tough or whatever. Uh, They need to play playoff baseball next year. You cannot uh, not make the postseason that, that, that it's, it's that simple. Yeah, I mean, I don't that, care. If, yeah, I don't care how many wins. I don't. If they win eighty-two and get in, fine. If they win eighty-eight and don't get in, not fine. They need to play a postseason series next year to show the fans that this plan is coming together. I understand if Jed Hoyer were on, were on this show, his response would be like, "Hey, man, 
25, 26, 27 look great regardless. Fans aren't th- there's a reason why fans aren't Jed Hoyer. That's why we mm-hmm. we we as fans need to see results um for marquee subscriptions, for tickets. There's not going to be a guy uh Ty and Vinny that you're racing to the store to buy their jersey this year. There is no superstar in this team. They need to attract the fans with their play and they need to find a way to make the postseason. You don't go from David Ross to Craig Council and not win more games. That's why, Sam, I love that you brought up the um, the Pythagorean record, Pythagorean record on baseball yeah. reference because it doesn't matter what you should have won, right? And that's yeah. that's why they got rid of David Ross. Unfortunately, like you yeah. know, they brought in the best manager in baseball. But what I what I'm concerned about is that because they have him, and I think Ty, you even mentioned this on my show on a, on a live. Because they have him, do they feel like the safety net of now? Oh, we can get away with a lot because yeah. we got counsel. It's like, hey, I don't want if it, right now. As this team is currently built, so no Stroman, no Bellinger, everyone else back, this is a team, if they won 83 games, it'd be a hell of a success. Whereas last year, it was a failure. You need to go out and and help your guy and get talent. You know, a lot of it. Like I I said on my show, two bats, two arms, and two relievers, they need guys. They they have holes. Um, So, you know, right now, if Council were were in 83 with this group, it'd be a success. Or, or I shouldn't say a success, but a, a good accomplishment. A success would be making the postseason. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? It's a it's a it's a it's a difficult time right now because you know it's we talked you talked about it on your show the other day, right? It's you want in this day and age, you want the instant gratification of a tweet or something. You want to be the first to hear about it and this or that. And unfortunately, with off seasons, it can be a really patience is a virtue, right? And it's it's something that right now is very difficult. And I think from my standpoint, I see Jed. I, I can just I can just picture it now where there's just all these different scenarios he's running through in his head. And I think that they have the plan in front of them. There's no way that council signs with them without that plan being written there's, down. Something's going on for sure. Something's going on. They've what always is, sorry, last thing. I just they, Jed's always been good, good about keeping a closed door, right? And we saw that. We've seen that. Yeah, before, I mean, right? look. Like there's people that are on Twitter that are like, hey man, like I don't think they're gonna do anything. I'm like, all right, you know, like they're 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 gonna do something. It's just, you know, it is by by this time last year, the only hurdle left was Dansby. They already had Bellinger and mm-hmm. look, Tyone didn't age well, but it was a significant signing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they did a like like last year they went out, a lot of it didn't work. Mancini didn't work, but that was a that was a, a that made news. Bellinger was a home run. Tyone wasn't. Dansby was pretty much as advertised. But you know, those are a lot of names. We, right mm-hmm. now, we have zero. And yeah. at the bare minimum, like like Vinny was saying, there's probably like six moves that need to be made. So, you know, as a as a fan and as a you know somebody that's talking about the team, you're just wondering like, when is this going to happen, man? Like, is this about to drop like on a random Thursday in like late January? Like, how how far is this going to go here? Because you know, you get antsy. But I, I think I think it's unfortunate that they didn't land a star. Maybe they trade for one, maybe not, but I still think they're going to, my guess is they'll head into the off season or head into the regular season with, you know, enough to where people think, Hey, we could win this division. Absolutely. Let's talk about the biggest move. Craig council. You talk about them all the time, but I think yeah. it's, it's always, it's always cool to talk about something that is, it is very significant. And it honestly was the biggest news in baseball for a couple of days, based on the fact 100%. that this guy is- this guy's getting paid eight million dollars a year as a manager. I think it was, think it was the biggest news uh, before Soto, the Soto trade. Yeah. Absolutely insane. 
What excites you the most, though, about him? Is it the margins or is it other things as well? It's it's one sentence. Having a guy that I know we could win a World Series with with as our manager. I, I did not feel that way about David Ross. I just could not see him in a World Series. I just couldn't. I just couldn't. Um, so just just having a guy that I know – you know, you look across the dugout. I know we're not going to get out schemed. I know we're we're not going to get out coached. We may not be good enough right now, yeah. but I, I I feel very comfortable with Council against Dave Roberts. I feel very comfortable with Council versus Brian Snitker. I feel very comfortable with Council against everyone else in the National League Central. Um, that that aspect of it. I thought we were. I, I you know, you guys know if you watch my show, I was very vocal about it. I didn't think we had a very good manager. Which is a fact. It's just my opinion. And I think even teams like the Dodgers were probably sitting there going, wow, we thought of this deferred payroll thing. Actually, it was Otani. Oh, and also, too, the Cubs figure out a way to get a better manager. and We're still stuck with Dave Roberts, which has become, from a lot of Dodgers fans' perspectives, not necessarily the right guy to have at the, you know, at the top of the step. Roberts is a puppet. He he is he is a manager that is told what to do by the front office, and he's a, you know, that type of guy. He's, he's fine. They, they have a great organization. They get the guy. He's a yes man. He does what he does, what uh, Friedman and, and whatever their general manager's name tells him to do. And that's what he does. Council's different. Yeah. Uh, I'm forgetting the source that brought it out, but did you hear about Carter Hawkins seeing uh, Craig council? He walks into like their analytics room and he's looking, he's like, who is this guy sitting at the desk with his hat on the glasses on? And it, it turns him. out it's Craig council. I, I didn't hear that. I, I saw it on a pretty decent source. I believe I sent it over to Matt. I won't I won't say you know who it, you know try and guess it on here in case I'm wrong, but yeah. couldn't agree more. I'm excited for you because I think what's really going to be fascinating is those conversations throughout the year of the moves that he screws up and does well because it'll oh, just I'm be gonna, I'm going to get crushed all year every time they lose a game. They're, they're <laughs> you they hey, love man. this guy. Yeah, yeah, this is your guy. <laughs> Why, guy getting you, you, yep. you blamed Ross, so blame him. Yeah. Uh, Can already but, hear it. At this point, we'll blame the we'll blame the team. Well, yeah, um, new, a, a guy we need to make moves, and we're getting down to the last couple of minutes here. So, Sam, really appreciate your time. Yeah, Let's get yeah. down to the last guy that personally has to have the guts to do what he's done over the last couple of years and pull band aids off is Jed Hoyer, right? Mm -hmm. And I personally sit here and go, this guy got rid of what was not going to allow us to be successful has created a farm system. Council said it best, a healthy organization. What do you consider a successful tenure for Jed now in the next five to 10 years, let's say? Because I think he's now at the point now where it can start to be like, okay, now you proceed forward and do what you need to do. What do you see as a successful tenure? Whew. One of two things, uh, win a World Series, um, or they've got to be – the Kings of the division now for the next three, four five, six years, they got to be playing consistent winning baseball, but you know, you know, I mean, you need a successful tenure. You got to win a world series. Uh, you got to win one. That's that, that, that's what it's about. Um, I think his plan is to try and become the Braves, try and become the Dodgers, uh, where they're really good every year. And I think that's his avenue to do so. But at the end of the day, you know, people, if they were to win 87 games next year and get hot at the right time and win one and then stink for three years, people probably take that over being great for three, four straight years and then losing in the DS. So, you know, he either needs to win a world series or the Cubs need to become a top five, six 
organization in baseball right now. I think they're trending towards like a top 10 with the way they've built their farm system and things like that, but they're nowhere near the consistent success of LA, Atlanta, Tampa, Houston. Uh, You got it. You got to get, get on that level. Fantastic. Vinny, any other questions here for Sam or coming up here uh, towards the end of the show? Yeah. So my birthday is in a few weeks. No, I'm just kidding. Um, No, it's not till (laughs) July, but um, no, Sam, it it was a pleasure to talk to you. I love, you know, listening to your show and you're the first place I go to when I just want to hear a little bit about the Cubs and what's going on and just hear somebody who I know is a fan. So Mm -hmm. thank you for what you do. And um, yeah, I'm I'm just, it was an honor to talk to you today and hope we get to do it again in the future because definitely not an honor, man. Love, love the Cubs and love talking baseball with you. I appreciate everything you said, but um, you know, same, same goes for me. I think, uh, you know, keep doing your thing guys. Let me tell you, uh you you never know who's listening you never know so keep ain't that the truth ain't keep doing truth. Man- keep yeah i was gonna say my manager yeah. actually listens yeah. to the show now so it's like hey by the way uh yeah. curtis if you're listening to this it's 806 p.m it's three hours after, after my, work uh, yeah. after work right my boss my um, boss listens to my show too and i and i'm very uncomfortable with it <laughs> um but yeah no man just keep keep doing it and it's just you know, we, we live in this world, like I said on today's show, where, where there's so much media and all this stuff, but at least take advantage of the good parts of it, you know, which is absolutely to pod, create a, create a platform for yourself. Yeah. yeah. You talked yeah. about it, man. You, I mean, pa- podcasting is such a beautiful thing where you, for us, it turned, it started with, I just want to get on and talk baseball. Now yeah. I get to come on and interview people like yourself and it's just cool things, man. It, it really is special to be able to do this. And tackle what Vinny said, Sam, you do an incredible job. I'm you're on my radio no every more, single no, morning. No, 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 um, <laughs> I think we keep going with this Vinny. Do we, I, I have like yeah, a couple yeah. of things. We'll like, chase you know, them off with compliments. Like my, my parents love you. I got what else. I got, if you, you want know? to find a way, are, are you, are you, in, are you married? I am. Yeah. I am. Yes. No, don't, no, no more compliments to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, same for, same, for, same for your wife. Yeah, exactly. No, I'll, I'll, I'll do that after this, uh, but, uh, Sam, uh, thanks again for joining. Uh, um, and to everyone that tuned in, thank you again for listening to the big fly pod and we'll talk to you again here soon.